Hey, it is the Anna and Crystal show, but I have decided to record today without Crystal. Um, so it's been a while since there has been any uploads. We recently moved to a new location um, that we manifested and we have come to discover why we were let here. Um, so... I get a little nervous during recording podcasts and sharing my story, but I, her and I made a promise to share the dark and the light, the good and the bad, and all of the ugly uh, during the journey. So I'm going to talk about my spiritual awakening today. Um, for those of you who don't know what that is or are not experiencing that, I might sound like I'm completely off my rocker. But I'm okay with that because I'm here today to step into my power and to let everybody know that they're not alone if you are going through this and to just share my journey and my deep dive into the soul. Um, so I made a few footnotes. I'm going to try my best to stay on topic here. I have a lot to cover in a little bit of time, but I'm going to start to share my story now. Um, so my spiritual awakening started... About four years ago, four or five years ago, I don't remember exactly when, but um, it started when I was guided to go to rehab. I somehow managed to trick myself into rehab, didn't exactly know I was going there, um, long story, but when I got there, it took three weeks for me to recognize that I did have an addiction, which I will cover later in my story, so I went to my first at Pinoca, which is for, it's called the dual diagnosis program. And, um, I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and, um, a highly addictive personality. So I started my journey there. Um, most people call it the nut house. I definitely met some people there with interesting stories and interesting existences, but I'm not here to talk about that. Uh, shortly after then, after that first um, three-week trip to the dual diagnosis program, I had come to recognize that I did have an addiction and I wanted to dive deeper into this and the healing process that that involves. So I enrolled for another program called, um, it was at Aventa, and it was an all-woman's program. And Interestingly enough, it was um, grouped in crystal names. So the Amethyst group, the Jade group, the Quartz group, stuff like that, um, which ties into my spirituality now, which is when everything started to wake up. So uh, when I was in rehab there, I started to have prophetic dreams return. Now, when I was younger, uh, my mom had been dealing with suicidal attempts and I had dreamt of them within a week of them happening every single time and it was everything was the same down to the time on the clock down to the doctor that was on shift down everything um all of it I dreamt of it and you know at first I just thought oh my gosh what a nightmare and then it would happen and I thought what 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 the hell is this what am I supposed to do with this like, 
am I supposed to stop it? Like, I don't understand what's going on. So the first time I just kind of like wrote it off like, wow, that was a coincidence. Of course, it was a um, really hard time for me in my childhood. And now in my adulthood, I have a lot of compassion towards my mother for having to endure that and not having support from me um, as I was having a very interesting existence through my childhood as far as my own victim mentality and such. So um, I now recognize what it feels like to live with that kind of weight on your chest and shoulders and um, I'm not really sure what the dreams were telling me but of course it started happening again and um, it started to get a little bit freaky then I would dream things like oh the taps were gonna freeze or just you know little things so I shut my gifts off I'm not sure how I'm not sure when but it stopped happening so, that was that. So, anyways, when I was in rehab again, those dreams started to return. I'm not really sure why in the beginning they were always revolved around my mother. Um, they say that you choose your family before you come to Earth to have a human experience. So, perhaps our paths are quite intertwined and... Neither of us have woken up to the truth of that. I'm not exactly sure. Um, so when I was in rehab again, I started to dream again things that were happening. Like um, we would go on a walk or whatever and I'd see my mom. She'd get out of a concrete truck and then she would try to jump off a ledge or, you know, just things they weren't accurate. But then I would get phone calls while I was in there that my mom was feeling suicidal or whatever. So they weren't... Um, they weren't to a T like they were when I was a child, but they did start to return. Um, so I'm just going to kind of try to jump through this a little bit and give you a little bit of, um, you know, knowledge on things. So I had then re, um, I don't know, my cousin Crystal and I had lost touch for many, many, many years. And so she started on the path to enlightenment before me. And so I went on a trip there. I guess this would have been before rehab. And she started introducing me to yoga and such. And then I went to rehab after that visit with her. Um, and rehab was great. It was fantastic. I took it seriously. I stayed sober. I'm still sober um, to this day. I went through what I like to call the pink cloud stage where, you know, everything was incredible. I was seeing the world different. The colors were more vibrant. The air was more crisp. Um, it was like I was floating in the clouds. I discovered Louise Hay, um, which I highly recommend you check out her book, You Can Heal Your Life. And that was the first book I ever read um, front to back. It was incredible. I started really, really, really working with affirmations and it became my life's mission um, to work with these affirmations and to just change my thinking. So I was on top of the world. My vibration was skyrocketing. My life was incredible. I, um, I had so much empowerment and confidence and um, 
it was just like life could not get any better. So, um, there was lots of stuff that happened in between. I had no idea I was going through an awakening. And, um, so I went through that pink cloud stage. I'd say that lasted about, mm, two years, definitely two years or more. Um, I opened my own business. I'm, I was, I don't identify with labels anymore. I'm really getting to know myself on a soul level, but I was a hairdresser and an esthetician. And so I opened my own business, Hollywood hairdos. That was such a proud moment for me. Um, I saved up the money. I worked really hard and I made that dream come true. And wow, what a blessing. And thank you everybody along the way who helped me and all my clients that were a part of it. And I've really got to establish some deep connections and I found a group called the questers and it covered all kinds of modalities. And I learned so much about energy healing and so much about myself really, because I spent so long trapped in addiction and suffering and all of these low vibration, fear-based emotions and, um, just sabotaging myself in this human existence. I spent so many years doing that, that I don't remember ever getting to know myself. So this journey after rehab was incredible. It was like I was meeting myself for the first time. Um, and I had such great resources along the way and the people that crossed my path and just everything was incredible. And, um, Just going over my footnotes here. So my business was flourishing. It was incredible. Um, that experience, that empowerment, stepping into my power as a hairstylist and as an adult and really taking it by the reins. Uh, I didn't have anybody else working in the shop. It was only me. And I started to notice, I started to really step into consciousness of how people saw themselves when they sat in front of my mirror, the things they said about themselves, the conversations that they had, their energy. Um, I just really started to tune into like this different frequency and this different consciousness with my, my clients, which also went back on myself and how I started, I really started to notice my thoughts and my inner critic and all of these, these dinner demons, so to say that, um, you know, when I would lay down at night, they were all there in my head, even though everything on the surface was fantastic. I always knew I had like this, uh, this inner dimension of darkness that I would never visit. The, the, the door you never go through, so to say. Um, so I really started to get into metaphysical healing, um, metaphysics, understanding, you know, the brain, the ego. I started to do a lot of studies, a lot, a lot of studies. Um, getting into crystals, I was really drawn to metaphysical stores and I was really drawn to different modalities. So I took my Reiki training in Calgary and um, just before the training, I got extremely sick to the point where I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. I had really intense shivers and chills and I felt ill and head rushy and just like I was not good. But I had made this commitment to go to this course with my friend who took it before me and she could revisit it. So she was coming to the course with me again and I wanted to honor that. Um, 
that was, yeah, it was an interesting time. I recognized that my body was telling me I should not have been in that Reiki class. Um, the female, the girl who was teaching it was a female and she, I think, should not have attuned me. She told me I was getting post or pre-attunement um, symptoms and... I was in and out of consciousness in the class, like falling asleep. I was really sick. I took a painkiller. Um, so she attuned me. I took the training. and um, But I didn't get to really learn much in the training because I was in and out of con consciousness, obviously. Uh, so I left there attuned to a higher vibration. So if you don't know what Reiki is, you can um, research it. But just a brief description is... If you're to look at it like a radio, um, you're channeling source energy through your body and out of your hands. Um, so each level of Reiki kind of like, it's like we're all tuned into like this, the staticky radio station. And every time you get an attunement or a level in Reiki, it just like um, turns the notch up a little bit. So you get closer to clarity in the radio, so to speak, which would be the energy, the frequency that you're tuning into. Um, so I took that level one and going back to work was a little bit weird. I started to notice, um, I was getting really sensitive to people's energies. I was taking on a lot of energy. I didn't know how to ground it. I didn't know how to clear it. And it just kept going into my body. And I noticed I was getting sicker and sicker and more and more worn out. It was really hard for me to, I was very sensitive to people's negative self-talk. I was very sensitive to people's lower vibrations. The, the crowds I used to be attracted to, I would get physically ill being in the presence of them because I was drawing in these lower vibrations and I was attuned to this level of Reiki. So um, from my understanding at that point is I was supposed to be clearing it and, you know, rising the vibration, but I didn't know how to do that because I was in and out of consciousness and training and I didn't necessarily get a manual to come home with. So that was happening. Then I started really recognizing my attraction to crystals. I could hear them calling to me and I intuitively would know where to place them on my body and how to work with them. I started making crystal jewelry. Um, so I took a crystal. Well, at first, I didn't know that crystal healing was a thing, that there was crystal healing practitioners out there. And so I had this conversation with the universe that if there's, I don't know what I'm asking for, but I feel really drawn to crystals. Is there something is there like some sort of uh, modality involving them? And I got this random email. I'm not even sure. I've never seen this woman's um, place of business before. So I'm not sure how I had a, like had subscribed to her for her to send me emails. But I got an email for this course. So boom, I was there. I made it happen. The money just flowed. I don't know. It just came from all these different unexpected avenues to make this course happen. So I went to this course. I took the crystal healing. Um, it did. She doesn't necessarily do attunements like Reiki, but um, we went through a crystal healing session. And so I think I had seven sessions that were in class. And normally you would do them like a month in between. And they were 
like a week in between. So it was like fast healing. And um, I started noticing things bubbling up to the surface, bubbling up to the surface. And the training happened so quickly that um, I definitely learned a lot. It was an incredible course, but I don't think I was doing the proper integration or taking the healing session seriously enough. And um, I, a friend of mine had triggered me right before my last session, or right after my last session. Um, we got into a little bit of an argument, and it like it almost like knocked the cap off of the energy that was pressurizing inside of me. And everything just came pouring out. And I wasn't a crier previous to this. Um, I was a really, you know, I had this tough mentality. You know, I'm sure people have seen me in moments of weakness. But for the most part, I was like, my masculine energy was roaring. And I was like, oh, just man up. Like, you know, um, I, I wasn't vulnerable or necessarily authentic. I was always the jokester. Um, pushed everything down, didn't face anything. So she knocked the cap off of this pressurizing energy of all of this trauma and emotion that I had stored in my body. And um, because I wasn't doing the work in between to slowly let this pour out of me and surface and integrate what I was learning, it was just like poof and I overflowed. We got into a huge fight and um, a lot of things triggered from my childhood and I felt the scariest amount of rage that I have ever felt in my life come out of me. I didn't even know who I was. Um, and I am very sorry for the way that I reacted to my friend. Um, because I didn't know what was going on at that time. And then I dropped to the ground and cried like I just watched every single person I have ever known die. The amount of sorrow that came out of me. I now recognize in that moment that that was a crucial healing point for me, a pivotal point, and one of many beginnings. And so I dispelled so much trapped rage inside of me and then the deepest despair I can't even put into words so much tears and that was all trapped inside of me so um you know I trapped more guilt after that situation not having known what was really going on la da 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 fast forward um I went back to my career, I started working, things were getting much harder, I was getting more sick physically, physically and physically more and more and more sick to the point where I was so lethargic, I couldn't get out of bed, I was having meltdown after meltdown, I was like absorbing people's energy, at that point I didn't recognize, I had no knowledge of what an empath was, um, or I didn't know how to protect myself. I picked up little things along the way, but I wasn't diligent with doing my practices. I didn't take the training that I had taken seriously enough to 
know the power that it had in my life and what was to come out of that. I had a lot of beautiful moments. So I'm here to share the scary shit, the deep stuff, the real stuff. Um, but this hasn't all been an a, a, a scary or a deep or, you know, it hasn't all been that. There's been so many beautiful blessings in the mix. And I know that I'm headed for more. And, um, yeah, so I started to get really, really, really sick. And um, I won't share Crystal's story of her um, journey, but... Her and I ended up both leaving our professions. She was a teacher. I had my hair salon. Um, so I closed my hair salon down. She took a leave of absence from teaching, and we moved to Mexico. Um, so Mexico was an interesting experience. I had to peel off my mask, um, which I don't think I was ready for. But at the same time, I was. I So peel off my mask, and I don't mean my makeup. I definitely did not wear makeup, but peel off my mask. That masculine energy that I had been running in, that, that, um, that role that I had been existing in of I am, you know, so-and-so. I am a hairdresser like I the things that I identified as I stepped out of that and I spent a lot of time in bed I was sick 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 just I was purging physically emotionally spiritually I was purging and you know I thought I was gonna die it felt like death inside of my body the amount of things that I was purging and I was purging so fast that my brain couldn't even process you know what I was what was going on? I just knew that, like, I was convinced that I had chronic fatigue syndrome, and um, I was really sick while I was in Mexico. But in being there with no obligations, um, eating healthy, I ended up developing food allergies, which I now recognize why, but I couldn't eat gluten, dairy, or meat, so that caused me to be even more lethargic. Um, and more fatigued so that was also very interesting my eating habits prior to were not healthy my lifestyle was not necessarily healthy yes I had conquered my drug addiction but the rest of my life was also revolved around my drug addiction and all I did was take the drugs out so and I had to step away from a lot of the friendships that I had. Um, so I really got the chance to, you know, you know, see things from the eagle's eye. So from above, all of the things in my life that was causing this toxicity inside of my body, inside of my mind, inside of my soul. And that was really hard for me, being in Mexico, unfamiliar food, um, unfamiliar people, unfamiliar language. Uh, Crystal and I didn't live together, so I had my own place. And I, that was when I first got to know um, 
the label anxiety. So I had struggled to leave my house to get groceries, to leave my house at all. And um, I really got to know anxiety and I had to learn to function with that. And yeah, a lot of things happen in Mexico. We'll just put it at that. But that was when I first started to peel back the layers of myself, pull off the mask, see who I am without that role. Um, I really got to know my intuition. So that's when things really started to get real on a spiritual level for me is um, with my intuition. So the intuition they call is the brain in your stomach. And we're all programmed with it. It's just that some of us don't listen to our inner voice. So we have our brain, which is in our head, above our shoulders. And um, that one is good for, you know, two things. I mean, really, there's two things that the brain can do. And that is to plan, is one, it always has to be planning something, planning something for the future, planning... Um, planning, what's to come, or reminiscing. So it's not your present brain. It's um, where the ego lives. It's in the brain. And it's where you process information through the ears, through the eyes, and through the mouth. Um, so it's reminiscing or it's planning. And that's where the heart of the ego is, from what I've recognized. Of course, I'm sharing things um, not from anybody else's story. This is just my understanding of everything along my journey. So, the intuition is the present. I have found that my intuition is processing the present moment. It's in the stomach. And so I've really got to know that, and it's... For me, it does have a voice. You know, I I can hear it, but kind of in like a knowing sense. So it's not like having a conversation with you and I or listening to the radio or anything like that. It's hard to explain for me anyways, the intuition. But I really got to know my intuition. Um, I really dealt with some experiences where I started having... Um, almost like I could see people behind the mask. Um, and I met a man who this, you know, knowing of my intuition had told me that he was a fifth dimensional being or like a reptilian and that there was, you know, ill things happening. So, um, Crystal and I ended up on a Yalapa Island with a, um, I'm not sure what you'd categorize her as, a shaman or, you know, like a witch doctor. She grew a lot of medicinal herbs on her land that many shamans came and picked and used in their practice. And she's a very knowledgeable woman. So... Um, she helped us do some clearing. She helped us tap into, you know, what we were running from. She confirmed that 
that which I had tuned into. And at that time, I had no idea what a reptilian was. I don't ever even recall hearing that word. But my intuition just flooded this into my mind. And um, I started researching it. And it was really scary to see what was going on. And to think I'm losing my fucking mind. Like, what are you talking about now? Reptilians? Like, come on, Anna. But nope. My intuition was strong, and it was telling me go. So we went. And um, so we made protection bags, sachets. That they, they're they uh, African bags. They originate in Africa. They're called Grigri bags. And um, they're to protect you. So um, we did that. She did some soul retrieval work with me, where I did some journeying back into my timeline and I retrieved these fragmented pieces of my soul that I had lost to uh, bring them back into my body to create this wholeness. Um, again, didn't really do the work to integrate that. I seem to have a running role of not going to the extent that I need to to integrate. And I don't take things seriously enough. And I'm really starting to recognize this with myself. So, yeah, Yalapa happened. We ended up back in Sayulita. Um, long story short, this fifth dimensional man somehow managed to stay in our life. And... Uh, we, Crystal and I did an ayahuasca journey with him. Crystal's ayahuasca experience is much different from mine. Again, I'm not here to share Crystal's story. I will invite her to do her own podcast without me or with me to just share her journey in awakening. But, um, so the ayahuasca journey, um, was intense and fucking hard. And a pivotal turning point for me, it was another beginning. Now, when I keep saying all of these beginnings, it's because there is no end. Um, I have many beginnings where I'm reborn, where I have new consciousness, where I've, I'm stepping more into my authentic self. And so the ayahuasca was another beginning. The first thing that the medicine did was take me on a journey through back through all my overdoses. That's not a good way to start um, a journey with a powerful, potent medicine. Um, it just, for people who have experience with hallucinogens, you can call it the beginning of a bad trip. Ayahuasca is not used for um, getting high. It's a medicine, and when I say this, I mean this. She deserves respect because she is an intense teacher, and um, she's still with me, coursing through my veins. So that was the first thing she showed me. And then I vomited, which is normal, but... Um, I died three times in the beginning of my ayahuasca journey, and I don't know how I came back to life. But again, it wasn't what was happening in the current moment. It was journeying me back through those memories where I felt those, 
those fears. And I didn't call out for help. I just laid there waiting to die because I didn't feel worthy of life deep down inside of me in that dark room that we spoke about that I had inside of me, that dark room that you never go in. Um, and so I recognized that, but of course not till after. Then uh, the medicine really kicked in. I could feel the energetic connection of everything being a whole. I, um, I don't need to go too deep into the ayahuasca experience, but it became so frightening for me. And I didn't, I, all I remember thinking is what the fuck did I just do and how do I make it stop? It became so frightening for me that I did what I did, always did when I felt um, like a drug was overpowering me. I wiggled my eyes, wiggled my toes, closed my eyes, and tried to go to sleep and lay there and die, just hoping that I would wake up. So I wiggled my toes, I closed my eyes, and I fell asleep. And I'm not really sure what happened during that ayahuasca experience because I was sleeping. I remember being woken up. A lot of anger was coming up. So much fear. So much fear. And the shaman was saying something to me. Uh, he was smudging me, praying over me. I went back to sleep. And when I woke when the sun was coming up, I could not fucking believe I was alive. I could not believe I was alive. I thought for sure there was no way I was making it out of that alive. Um, so yeah, I finished it, I went into the Temescal, everybody had like aha moments, beautiful experiences, um, really intense teaching experiences, and I felt, as I've always felt in my life, alone, isolated, fearful, traumatized, you know, all of those feelings had surfaced, and I didn't want to speak to anybody because everybody had like this magical afterglow and these life-changing experiences, and mine was traumatic to the point where I didn't care if I died, really. I just wanted it to end. And um, looking back at that now, I can recognize the power of its presence in my life and why she took me down that road, why she showed me that, why she put me through that but I didn't have the courage to face it. I took the easy way out like a coward and I went to sleep. And I think that's why now, over one year later, she still visits me at night, takes me on journeys, and teaches me lessons because I didn't have the courage and I didn't respect the medicine and trust that the medicine was going to show me what I needed to be shown. So, um... I'm definitely not telling anybody to do ayahuasca. That is not what I'm here to do. I'm not promoting it. I am also not saying don't do it. I'm just sharing this experience because this was a beginning point into the next stage of my awakening. It was another open door. Um, so the world shifted after ayahuasca. It really shifted for me. And um, the experience of living in Mexico became too much for me with this shift. So I packed my bags and I went back home to the small town I was living in. Back to my exact same life. I didn't have any knowledge with the medicine and how 
to integrate. Um, you know, it's very, 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 very crucial. And when you do one of these ceremonies, you have a shaman with the proper training and knowledge. And some may disagree, but I didn't feel that I got that. So I didn't know how to integrate what had just happened to me. It was just a really bad trip. Never fucking go in there again. Never doing that again. Why did I do that? And so I kind of kicked that to the back backside burner. I returned back to my life in Wainwright. Everything went back to, you know, basically the same. Um, I was doing hair here and there, but I don't recall if I went right back to hairdressing. I don't think I did. Uh, but I remember getting really sick. I was in the doctor 24-7, 24-7. Test again. I have to have chronic fatigue. Something is wrong with me. Test again, test again, test again, test again. Nothing showing up. Test again, test again. Like, I'm sick. Uh, I couldn't work. I was, like, really struggling with life a lot. And then I went through a little stage back on the pink cloud. Everything was good. Um, la da 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 uh, And then I started to revisit my addictions. So smoking weed again, snorting cocaine, drinking heavily. Uh, I just started to revisit all of those things, those points in my life. At this time, I didn't know that the experience that I had in Mexico and with the medicine of abuela was uh, teaching me. I didn't know that this was all part of the integration. She was silently teaching me uh, these pushes, these nudges, these influxes like all of these things that were happening that I wasn't conscious of it was the medicine still teaching me in my life uh, so I revisited my addictions and um, I felt this void while I was doing them I didn't get the fulfillment that I used to get uh, it was really hard for me to be around the people the drugs didn't feel the same the scene so my observation of revisiting those was to recognize that my mind had been reminiscing so much about those experiences or those times in my life where I was like oh it used to be so fun like I started I was just remembering the good stuff as we always do so I started to my brain was reminiscing so in revisiting, I got to really recognize that that is no longer a part of my path. Um, I know this podcast is starting to get a little bit long, but I think that that knowledge is important up to this point. So I'll try to move it along a little, move it along a little bit faster. Um, so yes, I revisited those addictions. Um, and then I had one really powerful, intense ayahuasca flashback that shifted everything for me in my perspective, the, I have, the way I can view the energetic tapestry tapestry of, you know, this 3D world that we live in. Um, I met a man that I was convinced was my twin flame, another starting point for me. I think that he was a pivotal point in my awakening also, as um, I experienced things spiritually that I have never experienced before. He came out of nowhere. He uh, really sweeped me off my feet, um, and wow, what an experience! But I've that experience is now uh, him and I have broken up. 
I'm still convinced that he is quite possibly my twin flame by the experiences we've had. I might be wrong. Can't really get obsessed with all of that. But um, what I recognize from that is he cracked my heart open. My heart chakra was blown the fuck open. And um, I, for the first time, got to know the capacity that a heart can feel these things can feel love, can feel like genuine, unconditional love where you love somebody so much that whether they're with you or without you, whether you're with or without them, you just want to see them happy. Um, I'm not going to get too much in that. That can be another podcast on twin flame journeys or things of the sort, soulmates, whatever. Um, but that relationship surfaced some of my deepest insecurities, my deepest insecurities, the real ugly stuff that nobody wants to talk about, that nobody wants to feel. Oh my goodness. They surfaced. And if I, when I say surfaced, it was like, if I was to give each one of those emotions a face, I've met them. They took over my entire life. And so this journey with him threw me into my dark night of the soul. Um, again, if you're not familiar with the dark night of the soul, you can do your own research. But uh, my dark night of the soul is what I've currently been working through. It's, uh, I think, just before, you know, the fireworks and the butterflies and it's a pivotal point of stepping into your authenticity. It's a pivotal point of getting to know yourself on a soul level. It's the pivotal point of detoxing everything that has kept you stagnant. It is the pivotal point of getting to know your ego, your soul, your intuition. And uh, this has been my most interesting journey. I've spent... I didn't know I was in the dark night of the soul, but I knew shit was getting real dark and really real. I, um, my gifts started to wake up. I'm, there's so much stuff has happened during this dark night of the soul that I just don't know where to start. So I'm just going to name off a few things, but, um, I started to see the world and see people in a different way that I felt so disconnected that it felt like I couldn't I couldn't bear living on this planet anymore and I remember driving around for hours and hours I'm talking like 6 7 hours in a small town the same seven streets just driving just bawling screaming at the full moon I want to go home and just like the suicidal thoughts are so surfaced that it's unbearable. It's like screaming at me. And this just deep loneliness, this deep pit of just like despair. Oh, it was so hard to face those parts of myself and to sit in that and uh, to step back into that victim mentality. Wow. But I made it through. I'm still here, and I eventually got to the point where I could 
look at it with a curious heart and compassion. And it's still hard for me to shift into that mindset when I'm going through that. Um, but it's getting so much easier. And it has resulted in the most remarkable aha moments and this authenticity that I'm starting to get to know within me. My power as a divine feminine, my masculine, it has revealed so much. It is such a crucial part to go through this dark night of the soul, but it's messy, it's scary, it's deep and it's enchanting it's it takes over your whole life so I then got to know myself as an empath and um, that I have this ability to channel mass amounts of suffering from the consciousness or the the body the, the, from people so um, I was working in a restaurant at that time and you know it's hard to be in two places at one time so basically what my soul is doing like it's waking up to its power to these you know to these um, these gifts that we all have it's it's waking up to that I my it's it's turned up to max and uh, but I don't know how to work with these gifts so that's happening on one level of my brain what's happening on the other level of my brain is did that person get their drink did that person get their food okay the door people are at the door okay the kitchen's dinging okay you know all of these different things are happening at once and I'm mass channeling all of this suffering out of people and it's it's going into my body because I don't know how to channel it. I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this gift. All I know is that it's entering me and I'm getting this build up, build up, build up until I would have what I call nuclear meltdowns. And, um, that would be me releasing all of that energy. And at that time it felt like the most intense amount of suffering. And I just couldn't bear the thought of living anymore, feeling that much suffering, but I would let that all pour out of me and it would come out in the form of like an emotional meltdown and then it would be all gone and I would feel this in this like intense shift like so much lighter. Um, I'm back to optimism versus po pessimism. I'm just like the world completely shifted right after that emotional meltdown but being in that emotional meltdown was the most painful. Um, and then life was beautiful. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. And as this is pouring out of me, I'm recognizing this isn't mine. 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 And I can separate myself from other people's suffering, which was trapped inside of my body. So basically it felt like I was an energetic trash can. Like why would God give me this gift to be an energetic trash can where I'm just like funneling people's pain and suffering out of them into me? And then what am I supposed to do with it? Nobody gave me a manual. This is what my awakening felt like at that point. Like, I'm literally losing my mind. But then after a meltdown, I'm like, wow, I just feel so grateful that I got to, like, transmute that much suffering out of people. Like, what a gift. Um, and then it started to get really draining. Like, okay, this is getting really hard to work. So if I'm doing all this energy work, where's my compensation? That mentality, mentality kicked in where it's like, 
now I'm not doing it for humanity. I'm doing it for money, but I'm not getting paid. Well, how do you balance the both of them? And, uh, yeah, so all of that stuff started happening. That was really interesting. Still currently dealing with that. I have learned some tricks. I'm just running through my footnotes again. I have not much time left on this podcast, and I recognize it's really long. The end seems to be the juiciest. (laughs) Um... Yeah, so I went through a shift in consciousness where I was really, could really tell the different voices in my head, and um, this might sound completely crazy, but it's absolutely true. I sought out a shaman, and I had a compassionate depossession done. Yes, this is a nice way to say an exorcism. I had four other spirits living in my body. They had been there for a long time. After uh, I the shaman had gotten rid of them, which was a mind-blowing experience. Yes, it's somewhat like the movies. Not completely. Uh, But they were just suffering beings looking for life force energy. But this also, you know, that's a whole nother topic. But I had the deep compassionate, the compassionate depossession done, and that spiraled me into a whole nother avenue of, um experiences where I oh before I had the deep compassionate the compassionate depossession done I my gifts started to wake up and I could communicate with the spirit world but it wasn't um, on my terms and I felt it felt like I was under attack it felt like I was being psychically attacked And I was fearful. I didn't sleep with the lights off. None of the lights were off. The whole entire house was lit up. And to be honest with you, I didn't really sleep for months. I'd get a few hours of sleep here and there. Um, So that was a really long experience. And then it really sounded crazy. Having a vision of a church doors, driving around trying to find that church, going to that church happens to be a Mormon church, um, which I have a lot of family that's Mormon, but I've always been resistant to it, hence my journey with drugs addiction. Uh, So going into this church, telling them I need an exorcism done, like, yeah, then you look crazy, Anna. But it was real. And to people who don't believe this, it was real to me. This was really happening to me. I was really seeing these things, and I was really terrified, especially when I caught on to the spirits the difference between the spirits around me that were talking to the spirits inside of me that were talking. Having the knowledge that I have these four other voices in my head that are not mine. That fear of get them out, how do I get them out? And um, being able to just like sit back and witness these conversations going on in my head. Like two different voices literally having a conversation talk about crazy and then we that might tie back definitely ties back to my diagnosis of borderline personality disorder I didn't have a personality disorder I had other personalities inside of me mind blown right so um yeah I started visiting the church um and then I had the compassionate depossession done and then I went into a whole nother aspect of myself, like, it felt like my entire family was just murdered. I didn't realize how much 
those four other voices in my head, even though one of them was malicious and the other ones were just there to suck my energy, um, how much they had become like my family. They kept me company, we laughed together, like, who knows what was going on before I was conscious of them. But I had this deep pit and this fear of being alone in my head, like, no, now nobody's going to know what's going on in my head. Like, it was almost like they were supporting me on my journey. I don't want them back. I wouldn't go back, but it was a very interesting journey. Not having them there and this, like, feeling of being alone. So alone. So, you know, suicidal thoughts started to come up to the surface again. And sitting with those and dealing with those and coping with those. Um, that was is still, I still have those feelings surface, but I recognize now where the suicidal thoughts are coming from. I'm not suicidal. I don't feel like I want to die. It's just my ego pushing me into a fear-based mentality because it's fearful of the unknown. Um, some of the things that have happened through my awakening, I'm still going through the dark night of the soul. I can definitely feel that I'm emerging out of it. Um, but I've had really interesting things happening where I can read energy. It's almost like sometimes, uh, my, like my vision switches, almost like I put on like um, these glasses, these x-ray vision glasses, but to see the energy of people's bodies and um, being able to see where things are trapped. Of course, it wasn't a moment of like, oh, let's heal it. It was what is going on, like something's wrong with me. Um, the spirit visits, I've had lots of those waking me up in the middle of the night, telling me riddles, like, I don't know what to do with the riddles, uh, but I'm really learning to navigate through these gifts. Uh, information downloads, I've had lots of information downloads, like a scroll growing into the top of my head, um, learning to integrate, understanding what's going on with that. Uh, I just have some things noted down here. Dimensional travel, I've been dealing with a lot of traveling through different dimensions, astral uh, travel, um, lots of fear surfacing and, you know, having that fear that things are going to come back into my body, but, um, I'm learning to trust more and more in the heavens and the archangels and God, you know, um, just to trust that I'm really protected and that everything is happening as it should. Um, and so right now I'm almost out of time on this podcast, but right now I am learning to live in the 3d as well as being in, um, higher dimensions. So obviously the 3d reality is the material form. It is, um, it's the mundane existence of, you know, we're just human beings. This is what life is like. La da 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 da. And um, when you start to go through these spiritual awakenings, you start to recognize that we are a spirit having a human existence. So recognizing the separation be of, you know, living in a human body, but knowing yourself as a soul. Um, and so, you know, of course, it's hard to be in the 3D world, be in the malls, be in all of this stuff. Everything that we do in our day-to-day, -day, well, 
seeing the spirits, while having information downloads, while seeing people's energy, while, you know, being one foot in this world and one foot in another dimension, but you're still seeing 3D. Um, all of these emotional uh, purges, all of these realities, all of the um, not sleeping, that still happens to me a lot. I'll go maybe a month without any sleep and... Um, due to me going through this training in my gifts awakening. Um, so I think I have about four minutes left in this and I can definitely touch back on this when I have a little bit more clarity. I just wanted to um, step into my power and share my story and for anybody who thinks that they're going crazy or not going crazy. And if you want to reach out to me, please do. I am definitely not um, trained in the awakening process. I'm definitely not... Um, here to tell you what's going on with you but I can support you emotionally and listen and um, you don't have to go through this alone and just know that everything is happening in divine timing you are protected you are safe and just trust the process try not to let fear override everything um, I'd really like to go more into detail in any of these topics that I've covered if anybody has any questions Leave a comment or connect with me on Facebook. Um, yeah, uh, I've covered a lot. I've said a lot. I've shared a lot. But I am recognizing that I have broken out of the cocoon. And I am the butterfly, but I don't know how to fly. And uh, I recognize this in a training session, a coach calling session that I had this morning. So I'm definitely not through this awakening process. I don't know it all. I haven't obtained it all. But this is where I'm at, and I promise you the ugly and everything in between. The good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. So this is where I'm at. This is my existence. These are my gifts. And I'm not afraid to share them with the world. I'm not afraid to step into who I am anymore. I'm not afraid to look crazy. And uh, I wish everybody the best. Sending so much love and light. And... You know, chin up, chest out, dive in, journey, honor yourself, love yourself, get to know yourself. And uh, I hope that everybody has a fantastic evening. And I love you all so much. From the bottom of my heart to yours, namaste. podcast you just heard was recorded with Anchor. If you want to make your own, download the Android or iOS app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast. That's anchor.fm slash podcast.